You are now listening to Pax Unheard. Okay, I need you to uh, take that, hold it like a microphone. Um, so, Which yeah. side is the mic? Um, the bottom. This one? On this side, yeah, the And, uh, yeah, so basically, um, you can remain anonymous. Uh, uh, most people do. Um, if you, and like how I started off is I asked the question like, what are you good at that not many people know that you're good at? Mm. What am I good at that a lot of people don't know that I'm good at? Yep. Uh. Um, well, I, I got a many skills, skill okay. sets. Okay. Um, I'm naturally a creative organizer. Okay. I'm a natural strategist. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold those in mind, we gotta start off with creative organizer though. What does that even mean? Because typically like an organizer is very like methodical and then like creative creatives like can't follow schedules. So how do you how are you a creative organizer? Well, um it doesn't take me very long to figure out if I'm gonna do any like for example if I'm doing an event, okay, it takes me about half an hour maybe an hour to fully kind of plan out most of the the skeleton of the event oh, and then wow. i can finish an event plan in about two hours total oh, with wow. the whole picture um so that's what makes me creative because i just naturally think creatively yeah um organizing because i'm usually the one organizing the event and so i'm very detailed oriented um i'm not 100 percent always timely okay. because i'm a kind of a perfectionist yeah so that okay. makes me a little bit unorganized because if I'm being called in different places it makes it hard to focus um, but creatively as a creative organizer I think I'll do well um, my friends all my friends like oh they're doing an event or if something's going on they're like I'm sure Nadia can handle this right <laughs> so okay so um, I think you were supposed to turn there when when uh, don't turn up you can take a Richmond You're taking a bite. Event. Oh, where are we going? East 276th and Sydney, which is in Euclid. Okay. Yeah, it wants me to go. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Wait, uh, give me that address because that's not where it's taking. Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah, East 276th and Sydney Drive. I think Uber got a bug in it. Low key. That's what I put in. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good time. Um. So like, what was like the? When did you like discover this skill? Um, I realized it since I was, um, when I was in college, a freshman in college. Okay. What's like? Uh, what have you ever planned an event that was uh, like disastrous? Um, no. Okay, that's good. Okay. No, because I'm I, I could troubleshoot. I just got I just gotta get a minute and kind of silence myself, and then I could troubleshoot and make it still come out, you know, good. Okay. It may not come out 100% like how I pictured it. Okay. 
okay. but it'll still come out good enough to everybody be like, yo, this was nice, Nadia. Yeah, but it's not it's not like what you pictured in your head. And then you almost you almost had like this sad like this unsatisfaction. I was just like, alright, like that's not really what I was going for, but that'll work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like when you're in this when you're in this like peaceful moment, like uh uh what do you what do you thinking of what do you like what's your like and uh mental models are very interesting because they're like they're becoming to become like this uh like mainstream things just like basically like ways to think but you really shouldn't export your thinking but like how do you how do you basically tldr like soft problems um well for me when i go into my head i'm like okay god (laughs) what are we gonna do how are we gonna fix this you were creative you created this whole pretty planet so help me figure this out and once I center myself and ask him a question, he usually gives me an idea or somebody comes like, hey, Nadia, I was thinking, why don't you try this instead? And so that's how I usually end up getting the stuff done. That's why there's nothing I haven't done an event that hasn't turned out really beautiful, um, you know, where people are like, wow, she can she can handle this. Or, you know, I can trust that she that's what one of my colleagues told me once. They were like, I know if I give it to you, it's going to be in good hands because you won't do everything to make sure I get it done because I put all of me into what I do. You put all of you into what what you do. Or do you ever have multiple things going on at once? Yeah, which is really hard because I'm not only a mother. Yeah. I'm a student. Yeah. Um, what else? Is? I'm a friend, so anytime my friends need me, I'm like, hey, what's up? I pick up the phone. Definitely. I'm not a person to not pick up the phone unless I'm really, really busy. Um, so I'm always multitasking, which sometimes can be really busy. But um, I like I like busyness. Okay. To some degree. Yeah. I, I, I like, uh, I don't know if I like being too, too busy now. I like being, um, I used to be, I used to love being busy. I used to call it, like, Dizzy. Like, my name's Devin. It's, like, Devin Busy. Call it Dizzy. Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't even call it. That's why I don't even use that, like, term anymore. Because it wasn't my term to coin. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, uh, like, how do you, how do you, how do you stay busy without getting overwhelmed? Oh, no. There are many moments I get overwhelmed. Okay. My therapist say that all the time. (laughs) Um, But that's why I have a therapist. So she helps helps me, um, you know, like, let's refocus. Let's look at this. Is this really important right now? The chicken sandwich. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Side note. But, like, is this really, is this really, like, the, uh, is this, like, really, like, happening right now? She just kind of, like, makes you, like, reflect on the situation. Because somebody told me it was like it was like this good thing. It was like uh, uh, if it's not gonna affect you in five years, then uh, don't like stress out for it in like five for like five minutes for no more than like five minutes. But it's also too with that statement, you don't know what's going to impact you. I mean, like outside of outside of just like like for your instance, like school, like. You, you know you want to finish, like, school, however long it's going to take you to, like, finish school, right? But you don't know what's going to happen, like, after that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you deal with uncertainty? Um, that's the good, that's the thing, the great thing about having faith. Okay. Um, because the Bible is clear in Hebrews chapter 11, faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not yet seen. So, just because you can't see it, that doesn't mean that it's not, hap- not going to happen. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, speaking into the atmosphere, you know, and a mindful, 
having a mindful mindset when you speak into when you open your mouth the wonderful thing about being a child of God is that he's given you his creative ability as a human being and so if he can think it and then produce it we're going right here Mm -hmm. If he can think it and produce it, then in the same manner, you can think it and speak. Go straight ahead. Actually, it's right by that tent there. Um, you can uh, you can think it, and if you can if you can think it, then it can happen. And it's really just that simple. If you can think it, it can happen. Yeah, but the 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 thing that creates makes it happen is the words you speak. So you can think it in your imagination, uh -huh. but the moment you speak it, you bring it to life. It goes out into the atmosphere. You just have to wait for it to return to you. Uh, okay. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Yep. Completely. People, is this like the gifted like fest? It, or I just saw a gift. No, this is, um, this is Grace Community Church. In Euclid, Ohio's our revival. Yeah, the revival. Get what your is, get your mind right revival. And it's like the four six days. It was like a six day series. Yeah, it's a seven day series. A seven day series. Today's the last day, and oh, they're doing. Um, I don't know what today's. I don't remember what today's topic. It is on my phone. It's put, it's put away. Okay. But um, this is the last day. Um, Dr. Myron Evans has been doing a good job. Okay. I came into town for this. Word. Um, and so, uh, yeah. That's awesome! Oh my gosh. Yeah, people get it twisted and think that, you know, they, I, for me as a person who's a Christian, mm -hmm. who's also studying to be a pastor, mm -hmm. one thing that I find really interesting about Christianity is that people have a misconception of it based on other Christians who are not really Christians. They, they want to be Christians, but they don't have the strength to truly be a Christian. Okay. It's um, like the skin in the game. Like, um, like, uh, like really like practicing your like faith, like on a day to day, not just being like a, uh, like a holiday Christian. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have, you have to do it. You have to, you have to be present. You have to, <sighs> for me, I get really frustrated when people who are want to be Christians call themselves Christians mm -hmm. and then give us, give Christianity a bad name. That stuff is really annoying for me personally because the God that I understand in the Bible, even though you see a lot of crazy things happening in the Bible, yeah. like if you look at it in a big picture wise, you'll see that though the books are all separate, if you, if you learn how to read them together, you'll see that the story fits. And it makes sense. One action that he, God may have taken in one book of the Bible, uh -huh. you get the explan explanation in another book of the Bible. But you don't know that if you don't take the time to study and compare the Bible like line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. When you put the pieces together of the puzzle, like if you're putting a puzzle box together, right. you got pieces all over the place and you're just like, this is not making sense. This doesn't work. Right. The Bible is the same way. You have to put the puzzle pieces together. And who helps you do that? The Holy Spirit. And so... If you ask God, God, I want to understand you, I want to know you, because you ask that question, that's essentially your prayer, and he's going to help you find out who he is, and who he really is, not what people say he is, but who he really is for you, mm. um, because I do think salvation is very much individual, we all have different walks in life that we come from, so therefore we have different glasses by which we look through life in, yeah. and then that changes our perspective of things, and so with that perspective's change, God is going to talk to you based on the perspective that you understand. God is going to talk to you based on the perspective that you understand. Yes, because he cares about you. He cares about each person on this entire planet, but individually, we all have different experiences. So he's going to come to you 
the way that you will understand him and little by little if you keep on asking for the light of truth little by little he will reveal it to you as you are ready to receive it because some things it's like if you if you want to if you have a child and you're going to move to another state you're not going to um say to them oh we move in and just do that child what you're going to do you're going to kind of slowly find ways well hey what do you think about moving here or hey what do you think about this or hey what do you think about that until you find to the place you get to the place where you have to tell the child hey we're moving and that's how god works with us it's like the uh it's like um <laughs> that's a bad connotation but it's like the calm before the storm it's like uh it's like the culmination of just like random because i because i because i peeped that because it'll be it'll be like random just like hits like i i have like a i have like a number like nine nine's my number and i know whenever like i see like that number like that uh i need to or i don't need to but there's like something happening that i should like be here like in mm -hmm. this in this like vicinity so uh going back to like what you're to your point um it's like that it's like that message that like it's like that individual message that like i can see that uh may not necessarily like other people can see mm -hmm. but other people have similar messages mm -hmm. to where that we can we can if they if they like follow this message then we can end up at like the same point mm -hmm. so it's like getting to it's like getting to like a destination by like two different uh methods like, yeah mm -hmm. okay and that's how that's how salvation is so we're all walking on a, along a path of life. Mm -hmm. Some of us are going to have common roads that we walk on. There are times where you and another person are going to walk together on the same road, and there are going to be times when you're going to veer off different directions. Yeah. But the ultimate goal is to get you to resurrection morning. The ultimate goal is to get you to the place where you get to see God face to face. To face. And so he's going to do what he has to do to get you to that place. Um, sometimes, you're, sometimes it's going to be great. Sometimes you're going to feel pain. But the process that is going to create in you will get you to place so you can actually see him face to face because ultimately that's what you want to do he knows you from before you were born he knows the ears and your heads on your number he knows the day you're going to die he knows mm -hmm. how it's going to happen mm -hmm. he knows the after effects of what your life is going to be for the rest of this world mm -hmm. but in the meantime while you have life he's going to do everything possible to connect with you and to get you to the place so that he can see you face so that you can see him face to face it's not even so much that he could see you because he could see you anyway. Yeah. But for you to actually see him like, yo, this is God. Yo, this is the person I, that was always here for me in all these different points in my life. And I didn't realize he was here. You know, yeah. so that I think is what God is all about. God wants to have that intimacy, that intimate relationship with you. He wants to uh, love on you. That's why he created humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, people's like, oh, God is some people be like, there's no such thing as a God. OK, well, if there's no such thing as a God. How come the world is still running the way it's running? How come the sky is not breaking and we're not getting sucked up into the atmosphere? How come yeah, bad things happen? But that's a byproduct of a sin quote-unquote being in the world mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that he doesn't love you that doesn't mean he doesn't you know shine his light upon you and bless you in ways that you don't even realize and yeah. so you know for me as a Christian um and I've had my days I'll tell you the truth as a Christian I've had my days where I've Christian God but like God I don't understand you don't make no damn sense right you definitely. know people like oh don't curse God because you died no God is big enough God is strong enough to handle your fight to handle right. your argument, to handle your cussing. I remember one day a pastor told me when I was in school in Alabama, he said to me, he was like, Nadia, to be honest, if you want to cuss at God, you know, because I'm like, I can't curse him, I'll die. Because, you know, that's what I grew up was taught. Right. And he was like, Nadia, if you want to cuss at God, say what you have to say. Because God knows what you feel anyway. He yeah. just want to hear you say it. He wants you to talk to him and, and 
he wants you to feel so comfortable with him that you can just have a conversation and just be like god this is what i feel i don't understand and in the bible we have a great example of that in the story of Job. Job was a man who had seven kids, was mad wealthy, big houses, land, everything. One day, Satan was like, I bet you there's a man on earth that, you know, that the only reason he's, he serves you is because you put this hedge of protection on him. Okay, God was like, all right, I'm going to remove the hedge. Go ahead, but you can't touch his life. Mm -hmm. Satan went and took away all his children, all his wealth like three different major things for him for his yeah. time in one like literally boom one person came boom one in like an hour or so let's say if we put it into a time yeah, frame yeah, yeah, exactly. and so job dropped to the ground and started praying and was like god what's going on i don't understand then uh, then satan came back to god and was like okay well see he's still praising you why is that you know what it's skin for skin let me touch him i promise you he will curse you and die satan god was like okay go ahead touch him so Satan came and touched him and put boils, painful boils all over his body, screaming and agonized in pain. What did, what did Job do? Job went outside, put dirt on his skin, on his wounds, and knelt before God. I was like, I don't get it. This don't make no sense. I don't understand what you're doing. Why are you doing this? He, so he asked him a series of questions. Yeah. Then, turn around, his three good friends came to him, was like, Job, you must have did something. His wife came to him first, was like, just curse God and die. He was like, woman, you a mad woman. Please, come out my face. I'm going to go continue praying to God because God can give and God can take. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Then his three best friends came to him and was like, you must have done something wrong. You need to admit to your sin and go ahead and die. And Job was like, look at him like, what? The friends left. God interceded and spoke to the friends. God spoke to Job first and was like, he started asking. He's like, okay, I heard you and your question and asking. Now I'm going to act. Now you won't hear me. Were you there? Um, where he was like, were you there when I put the stars into space? Were you there when I made these different galaxies and planets? Were you there when I, you know, when I formed this earth? Okay. And he was like, Job was like, you know what, God? Forgive me for all my questioning because you know what? I wasn't there when you did all those things, but I see that you keeping all these things. I'm sorry for my questioning. Excuse me for my, for my misjudgment of your behavior. I am blessed and merciful because I get to see you face to face. So Job went to God in prayer questioning him. And God was like, you know what? You questioning me a lot. Let me step down into reality and, you know, come into your space and let me talk to you face to face. Job had to say, I've seen God and I've lived. And so God then turned around and went to Job's three friends and said to his three friends, you need to go ask for him for alms. You need to ask him to pray for you because he was right. You guys were wrong. And Job went and prayed for him, and everything that Job lost, God returned it to him doublefold. So he got double the wealth, mm -hmm. double the set of children, all these different things, simply because he had faith in God, but he wasn't afraid to ask God the hard questions. And so that is what God wants for each one of us to do. Like, life is not easy. I'm a single mom of two kids, a divorcee who's gone through molestation, rape, domestic abuse. Like, I have reasons to question and not trust him because you would be like, well, God, if you're such a good God, then why you let this happen to me? Exactly. But then I realized one day he was like, you know, the things that happen to you, it may not feel good. This happened, and I don't like that it's happened. But guess what? I'm going to use it for good. Because the Bible is clear, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And because I know that every person on planet Earth was called for a purpose, each one of our lives is a plan. 
So the things that happen to us may not be fear, but God will use that thing to bless somebody else. Have you ever met somebody that they've gone through stuff and it's similar to what you've been through, but you came over and you could turn around and encourage them and like, look, it's hard right now, but I promise you, if you do this, 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 or if you keep the faith, da, 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 it will change. Mm -hmm. That's why things happen to us because we're all interconnected. Whether it's by prayers or by things that happen in this world, there's something that connects us all and makes us one. Yeah. And therefore, you can then turn around and encourage your next brother who's going through something similar to you. Or you can encourage a sister who may have gone something that you've seen. Like, that's the purpose of our trials. And so, like, yeah, sometimes things are not fair and sometimes things are not right. But God allows things, not that he wants it to happen. He allows it because he knows that he can use it. He can take it and twist it around and make it good. Mm. And look at that. I've gone through all this stuff, and now I never thought I would go from being a registered nurse to studying to be a pastor mm -hmm. to then turn around finding out that God's going to take me further and say, no, I want you to be more than just a pastor and a nurse. Okay. I, want you to, I want you to minister to people with the stuff that you've gone through. So I'm like, okay. He was like, go ahead, walk this world out. But I have a plan, and he's giving me the vision. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to walk it out. And I know that I can combine reality science life experiences theology i can combine it all in one and have one little conversation yeah like we having right now literally no you definitely tapped into you definitely uh god was speaking to you on that like that was good so yeah yeah so i i think that god is a good god he just wants a relationship with us and he's going to do anything possible to get it done. He's not going to do anything manipulative because that's not God. Mm -hmm. Only the devil does manipulation. Only the devil pressures you into stuff. God will come to you and say, but why would you want to do this? Why are you angry? There's times I'm upset and I'm just like in my house upset. Mm -hmm. And God will come to me like, Nadia, what you angry for? And then I have to, when he says that to me, I have to be like, hmm. I'm angry because of this, 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 and this. And we also see that in Bible with Cain and Abel, with Adam and Eve's first to the children. Mm -hmm. Cain and Abel both gave their, their sacrifices to God. God looked good on Abel one, looked bad on Cain. Cain got angry and God came to Cain and said, Cain, why are you angry? He was like, I'm not angry. And God was like, just talk to me. He was like, I ain't got nothing to talk about him. I was like, he was like, all right. Um, but he kept on trying, but Cain didn't want to hear. So what ended up happening? The anger that he was feeling that he wasn't paying attention to mm -hmm. caused him to kill his brother. Because then when God went back to him and said, Cain, where's Abel? He was like, who am I? Am I my brother's keeper? Mm. Cain had completely disconnected the fact that he was, that Cain, that Abel was his brother. And because he had disconnected with the anger in his mind, he was able to kill him with no thought. To then turn around and say to the God who knows everything, what do I know? I don't know. So disconnection... Um Go back to that like disconnection of uh, like anger and like thought. Mm -hmm. Like uh, expand upon that. Like how do you how do you? Cause like uh, should you not be? Should you? Yeah, should you be uh, disconnected from like your anger? But I guess you would have to just feel your anger. That would be like the connection. You you don't want to. The thing about anger mm -hmm. is you don't want to disconnect from it. Okay. You need to acknowledge it. Okay. Because if you don't acknowledge the anger, how can you deal with it? Mm. There's so many people that's walking around in society right now that's mad angry. Yeah. But they refuse to acknowledge the anger. So what's happening? The anger just gets stronger and stronger and stronger until it consumes you. But if you acknowledge the anger, then it's going to force you to look at the anger and ask yourself, well, why am I angry? 
and the moment you start asking those questions guess what you start doing it's like it's like you're digging in the ground to get to the root of where this tree what's holding this tree up that's essentially what it is uh find yeah finding you're gonna root root, the root cause that's why it's really important to answer the question when it comes to your anger why are you angry when you answer that question you'll find the root cause of your anger most people don't want to do it because it's fear it's they're afraid fear keeps us from doing a lot of things what's up with fear false evidence appearing real like what why like uh like why in your opinion um do you think like like fear just like stops people like why people can't get over fear because fear why can't people get over fear they're afraid of what they're going to feel they're afraid of what they're going to experience they are afraid of the unknown but see if you trust god in what he's going to do then you have no reason to fear the unknown the because you can trust what that god knows what's going on god knows what's the right thing to do so therefore if you trust him he's going to set you on the path that you're supposed to be on so there's no need to fear so fear cripples us because of the fact that we are we do not know the unknown. That's why it's false appearances, false expectations appearing real. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you if you have if God know if God has an expectation, God knows what's right. Mm-hmm. Then by default, He's gonna lead you on what the path of righteousness, what is right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you don't trust God, then how can you walk a path you can't see? You can't. Or you're stumbling. Right. Because you're afraid. But if you trust God and trust that he's in the past, present, future, all at the same time, he knows exactly the road, the exact steps you should take. If you know that you can trust him on those steps with every step, every single one, then do you have a need to fear? That's like a toddler holding their mother's hand as they walk down the street. Is there a reason for me to fear if my mommy's beside me? Is there a reason to fear if my daddy's holding me in his arms as we walk? There's no reason to fear because you know somebody got got you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that trusting experience or if you don't trust like that, then guess what happens? You're going to be scared every step you take. You're going to be afraid to cross the street. You're going to be afraid to walk outside because you don't know. Like a little kid, you may you may be curious initially, mm-hmm. but then the moment you realize you're alone, what, what you, do you default to? Fear. Yeah. And that's the same concept in a relationship with God. If you look at him as a parent, even though we may be adults, if you look at him as a parent, he's still going to guide you on steps that are right. Period. If you look at God as a parent, he's going to guide you on the steps that are right. I like that. This is great. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure. But definitely come and check out the church. Yeah, I mean, I live in this state. Is, yeah. But definitely come and check out Grace Community Church. It's a really down-to-earth church. Dr. Myron Emmerich is so amazing. I went to school. I knew him when he was little. I'm not mm-hmm. when he was little. I knew him before he got to this place. Okay, yeah. We yeah, went to yeah. college together. He Just was like before. He yeah, was an yeah. undergrad. We were in school together. And he's a great minister. He's so down-to-earth. His church members, a lot of them are so down-to-earth. And I think you... If you were to ever come and visit, mm-hmm. we normally they normally have church at Bluestone Elementary every Saturday. Okay. We're building they're building their multi million dollar building they, they're working on right now. Okay. Sure, and hopefully yeah. in a year time it'll be up and where the 
old Kmart building is, is from what I understand, behind oh, Popeyes. Okay, okay, okay. So okay, that's okay. where they're going to be their church building in a year's time. So, like, right now, they're over, like, on, like, the 260th, like, that. Ooh. Yeah, Bluestone Elementary okay, over Bluestone. there. Okay, okay, okay. But go there. Any Sabbath you go there, they're going to be there. If you don't see Dr. Edmonds, look for Pastor Regina Johnson or look for Pastor Kimberly, Kimberly Bulgin, the worship pastor. This is an amazing church. And I, like, it's so, this this time I've been here for this made me, make even my children don't want to leave and we're leaving today. Word. That's how much they love this church in just being here for three weeks. And that's kind of like uh, interesting, uh, not challenge, but like situation of trying to like uh, communicate the importance of, uh, just like spirituality to like children um, in like a way that's like not boring and like fun mm-hmm. so that's that's nice that uh, like they don't want to like leave and um, it's and it's like in the elementary school too so it's like already like a it's like a natural um, it's like a natural uh, like area mm-hmm. I am curious like um how how okay so there's like there's like a thing there's like a thing like um uh with like the multi-million dollar like church Mm -hmm. and like mega churches Mm -hmm. is grace a mega church it's not okay and the church that they got got they got solely by prayer if you heard the story on how they got this building it's like ridiculous and I only heard a piece of it okay so we're they're not a multi-million dollar church okay. they're a church that literally believes in asking God for what you need okay and trusting him to give it to you and that's what they did they asked God they were praying they went into season of fasting and prayer as a church body mm-hmm. they prayed and asked God for specific things okay. um, and God opened up this option this option um, the person who owned it originally just they didn't want to sell it to whoever before sure. and then they you know god was like offer this amount it was re- like in amazon in a reasonable um, reasonable place a uh, reasonable dollar they uh, they offered a reasonable dollar amount okay i'm gonna come and see um <laughs> and they god told them to ask a reasonable price they asked a reasonable price and their reasonable price was accepted and so everything they've done is by faith. This this revival has been by faith. Everything they've done in the community is because they love the people in this community. Mm-hmm. And God has said, no, I want you to serve here. And so everything they've done, they have done by faith. And so for me, it's really interesting because even my kids can, my little kids can see that. And kids pick up on everything. everything. Mm-hmm. And there are come as you are church, so you don't got to be... You know, there's some people who will dress up and come to church, but it's a, mm-hmm. this is, you know, a t-shirt and a skirt. Yeah. Jeans and a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to be nothing fancy. You'll see the pastor, the pastor himself dress really normal, like jeans and a t-shirt. If you were to go on our Facebook, on the Facebook page, you'll see every night he was in jeans and a t-shirt with a cap on his back, t- head turned backward. Like real, like, yeah, it's like getting, it's like getting, it's like a, it's like adaptive. Cause uh, so like I grew up Catholic, and um, there's like this. Uh, I almost want to say it's like uh, not monot. I mean, yes, it's monotonous, but um, it's like cyclical to the point where you're missing out on the 
on the whole instance of just like going to church it's to be mm-hmm. like it's to like have it's to like have faith like be with god like become like in tune mm-hmm. but you have to like go through and it's just like it seems like way too like formal mm-hmm. but uh it should just be yeah you should just like you should just be able to express yourself how you want um like uh and uh, worship like how you want, mm-hmm. regardless of like I don't like I don't like uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What am I trying to say? I don't know. The question is, are you going to be accepted if you come to God as you are? Yeah. You will be. You ain't got to come perfect. God ain't never. If you look at the Bible, there's no perfect person in the Bible. Any person that God has used, none of them was perfect. David was a murderer, mm-hmm. and uh, he stole another man's wife and then killed a man to, so he could have the wife with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And Solomon was born from that marriage. You have um, Samson who married outside of his religion, mm-hmm. but um, still God used him for his glory. You have Paul who was a killer of Christians who God turned around and converted him and used him to, to minister to the Gentiles. You have um, you have Rahab, um, a Jericho, a Jerobite woman, and she was a prostitute. And she's a part of the lineage of God, of Jesus Christ. Like God doesn't you don't need to come to God perfect. You you don't. Just be you. God as long as you are willing, he will use you. So you can come to him as you are. You can come to him if you are addicted to drugs. You can come to him if you are, you know, you're a fornicator. You have an adultery, a, a adulterous situation. Like, whatever. God's going to accept you where he's going to accept you as you are and work with you to get you to the place um, of perfection. Hmm. Everything with him is about a relationship. I love you. The Bible says I love you with an everlasting love. What's everlasting? That's forever. That's infinity. Like, it's never going to stop. He's going to never stop loving. And even to those who don't choose him and ultimately die because they reject him, mm-hmm. the rest of us humans who will be in heaven and come back to earth or what have you, we may not have memory of them, but he has memory of every one of them. And he will hold that forever because he loved them forever. You know what I'm saying? So God doesn't, you know, some churches will make you feel, oh, you have to dress this way. Oh, you have to look this way. Oh, you have to behave this. Nah, God loves you as you are. But he loves you too much to leave you how you are. So he's going to always work to make you... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so God loves you the way you are, Mm -hmm. but he also loves you enough to not... To what was that? God loves you enough as you are, Okay. but loves you too much to leave you as you are. So mainly, let's say you are struggling with, let's say, drug abuse. Mm -hmm. Because that's easy. Yeah. The drug abuse is destroying your life. It's just it's destroying your life. Mm-hmm. It's destroying your relationships. It's destroying your marriage. It's, it's, it's making you not able to do your job well. Mm-hmm. So God will come into your life. And yes, this may be something you are addicted to. But he's going to work with you and help you see that maybe this is not something you should do. Because it's destroying your family relationships. Your, your child may need you. Your spouse may need you. Your mother may need you. And he's going to work with you to help you come over that addiction so that you can have a healthy relationship with your family, be able to maintain your job. Mm -hmm. 
so you don't live on the streets because ultimately people who are usually drug addicted that's where you get to you usually end up losing everything mm -hmm. because of the addiction yeah. so when i say god loves you enough as you are but too much to leave you that way it's just saying that he wants to get you to a place where you're not held to that addiction anymore that addiction doesn't control you you can live in, and exist and and survive and, and work around um living in a, a peaceable way where you know you have a happy life because god wants good for you mm -hmm. is having an addiction good for you no because it stripped you from everything and no matter how many times you use you never you never get like they say with drugs because i used to work in a methadone clinic yeah um and i used to talk to my patients and you say that first high every time you use you're trying to get back to that same first high but you can never get there you can never get there you can never get to that first high and if you get near to it you put yourself near the place of death and I've had my own patients tell me that and they're like I just went out of this addiction so if, wow. if God knows that this thing is gonna kill you what is he gonna try to he's gonna do everything possible to try to save you to try to because he doesn't want it to kill you mm -hmm. he wants you to have a productive happy life yeah. he doesn't want you to, to be looking for something to fill a void that you you keep on trying to fill but you can't fill he wants to keep it interesting he wants you to be happy he doesn't want you to have sadness and that's not what he wants. even though sadness will come at times i will never say sadness will not come with being a christian because that's a lie yeah <laughs> okay? okay but god will god wants you to be happy he wants you to trust him he wants you to love him knowing that whatever happens he has the he wants you to trust him enough to know that whatever happens he has the power to change it but he wants you to trust him in the process hmm. most of us don't want to trust because most of us want to do things our own way we like control why do we like control because we we bought into our four our four parents adam and eve bought into the lie to believe that oh this thing i could be like god I could do this on my own. That's a lie. That's a lie. They had every, when God made Adam and Eve there in on earth and in the garden, Eden, every need they had was given to them. They had a place to live. They had food to eat. They had company with each other. Mm -hmm. They had the friendship and association of not only the animals, but the angels that came from heaven and even God himself. They had everything they needed. And Satan came and was like, well, you could be like a god, knowing both good and evil. Come on, bite of this fruit. And what happened? Adam and Eve wasn't even together. He came to the woman. And she ate the apple. Or the fruit, because it's not really apple. She ate yeah. the fruit. Mm -hmm. And the moment she ate the fruit, notice she didn't notice any change. She felt euphoric. She was on a high. Mm -hmm. She brought the fruit to her husband and when he saw what she did, he was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Am I going to choose my wife? Or, am I, like, what am I going to do? And he, the question he posed himself showed that he didn't trust the father that he already knew. Mm. Because of the woman that he loved. So what he did, he ate the fruit. And the moment he ate the fruit, the full effect of sin hit the whole planet. And every child that was born since then, we have the same issue. That's why we want control because we bought into the lie that we can control our own lives 100%. That's a lie from the devil. What? Okay. I know okay. I, just, I just blew your mind and gave yeah. you mad questions. Yeah, 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 mad questions. Okay, 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 okay. So, so 
we oh, okay so so what is free will free will is a choice to choose if you if you choose you want it do you choose you don't so does god uh respect free will not respect free will but does he use free will as a as like a as like a filter for not even like a filter but like yeah like a filter to like test like how much um no because like his his okay so his ultimate goal is to be is to be happy smiley face like wants everybody to be like happy he wants you to be happy he wants to be in a relationship that's his ultimate goal okay and uh oh i don't even know how to ask this question this is like a mind-blowing question because like i'm trying to get i'm trying to get at because you had said that it was like um uh what, what were you saying about choices we have we have we have we have free will we have the power to choose whether but we, we don't want. have control over like we don't, our lives we, or you do have control over your life or and, like your destiny right your destiny god wants god went okay how to put it um jeremiah 29 11 says for i know I, for i know the plans that i have for you says the lord plans to prosper you plans to not harm you but to give you a hope in the future to give you an expected end that's why Everybody on planet Earth was born. He has an expected end for each one of us. Okay. We are given the opportunity as we grow up to either choose to follow, to, to trust him and be in a relationship with him, mm-hmm. to follow the path that he has laid out to us to that expected end, or we have the option to reject it. Okay. And so everybody makes a choice. Yeah. But we always get a new choice over and over again. Yeah. We have to continue to choose no matter what. And he lets you, he allows you to choose, but he's still going to try to say, but I love you. But he's still going to allow you to choose even though you're pushing him away. That's like if you're in love with a woman. Yeah. Unconditionally, he's going to love you. Like, you love this woman. You see that she is going through mad stuff. You're trying to be present for her. You're trying to do all these different things mm-hmm. for because you love her. Mm-hmm. You want to protect her. You want to keep her safe. You want to do all these different things. But she keeps on pushing you. She keeps on rejecting. Even though you, you're trying to, you're protecting her. You're, you're showering her. with. But she keeps on pushing you away. What are you going to do if, if you truly love her? Are you just going to walk away from her and leave her like, you know what? She made a choice, blah, blah, blah. No, you're going to keep on pursuing her and seeking to love her and, and do all these things for her because that's what you feel for her. God does that unending. But we as humans, we like to be like, mm, no, I don't really want your love. And then when we need you, we come running to you. And then we go, like, mm, I don't want you. But yet he still just loves us anyway. That's your choice. Mm. But ultimately, at some point in time, they're going you can still love a person but at some point in time you have to take a step back and let them live the life that they choose that doesn't mean you don't love them anymore that doesn't mean that from a distance you're not praying for them or you want what's best or you try but sometimes you have to back off and let them have some space and let them decide let them live and in living ultimately to me they'll choose to come back like if they really recognize their need I think humanity will choose to come back. But he's not going to force you to do it. Because then it wouldn't be true love. Mm. 
is a lot to process. I'm sure. And the nice, the nice thing about God is that when we get to heaven, in the end, we have millennia to ask all the questions we didn't understand here on earth. And that's something that uh, is... It's not bugging me, but it's not even like a pain point, but it's like a pinch point. Because like I'm really, I really like to learn and I like knowledge, but I'm, now I've come to the realization that I will never know everything. Nope. And it's kind of, it's not, it was kind of disheartening at first because it was like I was, um... I'd be reading like articles for like example and I'm just like I know this is not all the information like I know that it's just it's just like a high level like summary mm -hmm. um and I and uh it's like uh I don't even know why I went to that either that was like the first thing that like I, I thought of I guess it's like the knowledge cause like it's like a it's like a uh it's like a uh is it like a controlling thing I don't even know what to this is this is definitely a mind expanding uh, conversation what I can tell you about God is this you're gonna have a lot of questions okay um the closer to you the closer you walk with him the deeper you will delve the more knowledge you will gain and the more he will open your mind expand it but you get that through relationship. Uh, does he appear in the form of other people? I think he used other people, yes. Use other people. Sometimes God can appear as a, as a human being and sit down here and just give you, just in a little conversation, boom, just drop knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then you never see them again. Like right now. Or he may be a person who who will use another person to share knowledge. So like you have, there's so many. That's the wonderful thing about God. He is so vast mm -hmm. that you can't, you can never pinpoint his workings. A hundred percent. You have experiences, but he gives you so many. There's so many different experiences about God in this world, but you just have to be willing to see it. Is it easier to look hindsight? Can you or can you notice it in hindsight? I think you most of us notice it in hindsight. Okay. I think in our day-to-day, -day, we're so busy absorbing what's going on around us. We don't necessarily always pay attention to when he's actually moving practically. Uh -huh. I think in hindsight, we see it. But there are moments where I think, at least from my life experience, that you can see he's working in the midst of the situation. Mm. In the... Okay. I don't understand the term in, in the, the mist. mist. Yeah. So meaning while you're going through a struggle, like for example, um, what's a recent thing I can use as an example? Give me a second. Let me think. Um, okay. Let's use that one. I came to Michigan with a car. Okay. My car was repossessed while I was here. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that's really sucky because I like my car. Yeah. And you know, I have kids. Yeah. Um, but when I realized that it was repossessed, there was this calmness over me. Like, I didn't worry about it. Because I know in the midst of the situation, because I came here for this event, I had to go through spiritual warfare. 
You know, that's that's the term we use when when the devil will take advantage of situation and use it against you. You know, and mm. am I stressed out about the car that I don't have? Mm-mm. I ain't stressed one bit. I'm not worrying about it because I'm trusting and believing by faith mm-hmm. that my car is gonna come back to me. Not maybe not that car, but another yeah. car. Yes, baby. The car is gonna come back to me. The car is gonna come back to me. The car is gonna come back to me when when God ordains it to come back to me. And so what I've done is I've said, okay, God, I know I'm, what, I'm asking for a crazy big thing. So I'm like, God, I want my Kia Telluride. It could be a 2020, it could be a 2019, but I'm gonna trust you for it. So I'm gonna sit back and wait till he give it to me. And I'm not even stressing it. People are like, well, how come you're not stressing? Why? Because I know God controls everything. He knew this was going to happen. So I'm just going to trust how he's going to, his providence and the fact that he's going to do it. And I'm going to wait. And he has the choice to either do it or not do it. And if he chooses not to give me that particular car, that means it's either, either I have to wait a little bit for it or he's going to give me something better. So what I have to stress, why well, stress over it for? So I don't stress. It's, it's, a, it's an instant gratification. Like, uh, like you gotta be okay with not, with non-instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because God doesn't respond well to, like, instant. Well, he, he wants, the ultimate thing with God is that he wants you to trust him. That's it. That's it. He loves you. All he's asking of humanity is to trust him. That's it. And because I trust him, I'm just chilling. I should stress, but I refuse to. Because I trust his I trust his divine providence, although I do not understand it hundred percent. You know why now? Because <laughs> I know how long that car was not paid for. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why now? But I think it's a lesson for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just waiting to see what the end of the lesson is gonna be. But one thing I can tell you is that I trust him. So I'm not gonna worry just not TLDR trust God go with God fight with heart yep that's all you gotta do and that happens through a relationship I'm not perfect I make mistakes I scream I'm not perfect but I just I trust that he knows best and I trust that he loves me enough and he's gonna lead my life in the path that it needs to go so I'm just gonna trust it I can't see tomorrow. I can't see next week. Like my friend, my other friend, she's been praying to God. You know, she had a car. Stuff was going on with it as another example. Mm-hmm. And she was moving out of town to another state. Mm-hmm. And something told, something just kept on, like delay, just came delay, delay, delay. Finally, her mother said to her, girl, stay. There's a delay for a reason. God going to give you something. That girl went to the dealership talking about, she got, went to somebody trying to refinance her car. Mm-hmm. And the dealership was like, no, instead of refinancing her car, the car, how about this? We'll give you a bit, a bigger car. Mm-hmm. So now she has an SUV. Okay. And you were trying to refinance to bring your payments down. No, we're going to put you in a newer car with a lower payment. Newer car with a lower payment? Yes, a bigger car. She went from a, a four-door Ford car to a four-door SUV with lower payments. And she, yesterday when she sent the pictures to all of us, we were like, wow, that was the reason for the delay, huh? And now she gets to go, and her car had little issues with it. 
Now she's going. She she's moving out of town with a oh, brand new car. Yeah. That she didn't. She she was praying to God, asking for stuff, but this is what God chose to bless us to say, "You're walking into a new life. Let me bless you with this." And God will do that sometimes. Sometimes delay comes because God want to give you better. But again, it goes back to relationship, and it goes back to faith. It comes go back to trust. And so, I'm I'm grateful God did that to her, cause God showed me that not you ain't got to worry about nothing. I got you. So I'm waiting to have my praise report whenever God gives it to me because I'm trusting him that he's going to give me something good. If it's not the exact car I want, he's going to give me better. So I'm a chill. Do you, what about, what about, um, like, uh, I think they want to move. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. This is so you can move behind, behind these park ones over here. Okay. Uh, but I think they're going to be moving back and forth here, so. Uh, okay. Um, I was just about to just back up. If you want to. turned around <laughs> that's okay um so uh where is that you think going okay um getting what you want mm -hmm. um what if like what you want is not what you what you need and I'm okay with that. It goes back to the premise of trust. It's like, it all boils down just like the trust. Mm -hmm. It goes back to trust. That's why, I, why worry? It doesn't make any sense. If, if the father knows what's, what I need, he knows what I need. The Bible is very clear. God knows what we need. And he gives it to us when we're ready. You don't, you don't get things when you want it, but he always, God always shows up at the right time. So it go I have to trust him. It it, it it just it still falls back to that same concept. Trusting God. Trusting that he knows best. Does he does God communicate through your instincts? I think that he he speaks through our intuition, yes. Yeah, okay, so the intuition. So like the intuition versus uh uh like following your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, or like intuition versus emotion. Mm -hmm. So, uh, when is God like? When is God acting on intuition versus emotion? So, like intuition being like this isn't good for you. Emotion being like one of your friends wants you to do it, so you do it anyways. Well, when you have that conflict between your emotion because this person wants you to do it versus the intuition that something's telling you, you know you don't want to do this. Follow that intuition. Because that intuition is very closely related to your spirit. The spirit of God that's inside of you that's talking to you. 
you know, Pastor Edmonds did a teaching last night that says, breath plus body equal living soul. Breath is what came from God's nostrils. Mm -hmm. The ruha, as they would say in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. um, and into a body which was dirt on the ground. <laughs> and we became living. So when God gave us his breath, his spirit was placed into man. So when our intuitions speak, that is, our, that is God's spirit inside of you talking. And that's my way of understanding it. That's God's spirit inside of you talking, saying, you don't want to do that. That's him, that's him seeking to lead you and to help you make the right choice. But sometimes we disregard that and just go by emotion because this is what I want to do. I want to that. Or we go through the, the emotional press that some people give us. You know, and um, yeah, it's not good to always follow emotion. Emotions can lead you astray. Emotions can lead you astray. Mm-hmm. That's so true. How do you, how do you, if you have a habit of uh, following like your emotion over like your intuition, how do you break that? Well, what I've learned is that whatever you want to, you, whatever, the Bible's clear, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And so I think that when you come to God and you say, God, this is something that is an issue in my life. I don't want this anymore. Help me break it. Destroy it. I think that when we ask God to do so, the moment we utter those words out of our mouth, that's our prayer going to God. And God sends an answer back to us. Now... There may be delay for the answer coming to you because you have the ad the enemy, the adversary, wanting to keep you away from God. Yeah. So therefore, he will intercept that, and you know there's so many legalities with that. But I won't go into that because that's that would take this conversation so into another place. <laughs> um, but um, the adversary will seek to intercept that prayer request. Low key, okay. Let's go. Let's let's go venture into like that like space, just like a little bit, just like a. Just okay, like a so I'll I'll simplify it this way to say it this way: When God made the heavens and earth, mm -hmm. note the word plural, heavens. Heavens. So we oh, have yeah. we have the heaven that we can see, which is the sky. Mm -hmm. We have the heaven, which is the space where God lives. Mm -hmm. And there's another heaven between those two places. So first, second, and third heavens. Okay. It, okay, first. Okay, so first. Oh. The first heaven is the sky we see right it's now. The sky we see right now. The second heaven is the spiritual atmosphere that we cannot see. That's like your third eye. Uh, I wouldn't call it your third eye. Okay. I wouldn't call it third eye. Third eye is a new age concept okay. that delves into spirituality okay but not into a god-based spirituality it's more individually based spirituality. it's more human human formation of trying to understand god demigods yes so therefore but god is the supreme god yeah so you don't want to depend on the demigod because yeah. the demigod are falling angels by default oh. so you don't want to depend on that and even the devil was a fallen angel. Correct. And he took one third of heaven with him. And you don't know how big the heaven, the angels and the heavenly hosts were before he took out the one third. Hmm. So there are three heavens. Okay. The, the one that we see the in front of us. See. There's a spiritual one, which is the one where spiritual warfare takes place. That's where the devil is and he works okay. through. And then there's a third heaven, which is where God sits. Okay. So when you say a prayer, there's a, there's a story in Daniel chapter 9 in the Bible where Daniel is 9 or 10 where Daniel made a prayer to God. Mm -hmm. 
the moment the prayer, the Bible says the moment the prayer exit Daniel's mouth, an answer was sent from heaven with an angel. God sent an angel with the answer for his prayer. Mm-hmm. The angel was held up for 21 days in the second heaven. Meaning the answer for the prayer came. Is that why it takes 21 days to break a habit? There are many there are many connections, but I cannot 100% say, 100% say that because I'm not 100% sure. But just like the connection. But, the, yeah. but there is, can be a connection to that. But 21, it took 21 days. If I remember right, it's 21. I don't think it's 14. I think it was 21 days. And my son has my phone, so I can't even look at it. Right. But it took 21 days for the answer to come back. Why is that? The Bible's the Bible gives you an explanation because that angel was held up by the adversary, and Michael had to come from heaven to intercede in that battle so that the so that the angel will come down with the answer. So the moment you utter your prayer, God sends an answer. Now there's different things that can that can run interference. Mm-hmm. There is. Um, spiritual warfare stuff like generational curses um, are ties that we may have our family members may have made with the devil that we don't know of yeah. there are all those different factors that play into why your answer can come in because the government we see here on earth mm-hmm. is a, is a rep, I want to say it's the exact same thing but it's a replica of, of how God leads in heaven his kingdom Okay. so therefore because Satan is not the originator of life or anything he's going to duplicate whatever God made but make it for his version does that make sense? So, like, when when God sends his message, uh, like, Satan's also sending, like, a, like an opposite message. Correct. And it's up to you to pick, like, the message. Right. So, you're, you're in, because you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, he will guide you to the right one. Mm. But the question is, what are you going to listen to? Because the devil can also speak into your mind. He cannot read your thoughts. But he can speak into your mind because he can read your body language. He can speak into your mind because he knows your, your family generational storms. Um, issues three and four generations back he knows the trend he knows where you originated from adam straight down to you and therefore any of the things that your family made a deal with in all those years coming down to you can give him legal right and access into your life unless you break those ties or ask god to break those ties i should say that's what I said. If I if we delve into that, it's gonna take you a whole. It was like it, yeah. That's what like, I said. Like, like okay. so that I could give you that synopsis. It was a good, it was a good t- TLDR. It was a good TLDR. Cause that yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot, and it's hard. And it's hard to it's it's actually easier to talk, even though I haven't been able to, which is good, cause I've just been like blown like this whole time. But it's easier to talk religion with people who are invested in religion. And I can I can tell that you're invested in religion because you can recite. Um, I'm like invested scriptures. in a real. I'm more invested into a relationship with God okay. than a religion. Okay, okay, let's clear that up. So, because okay, some okay. people get caught up on religion, and, and True, as a post it's, it's literally not. It's not a religion. It's my relationship. It was yes. literally the the sticker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like yeah like uh, cause like it's the relationship because like all because like looking at religion, like if you if you if you look at a religion through the lens that reli- your religion is the sole religion, it's just like are other people around the world wrong? It's just like no. So it's like a better approach to look at it from like a relation a relationship aspect, where like religion is just really like the boat that you're going, and like the relationship is like the destination. Right. One thing I've learned from one of my professors, my professor at the seminary, Dr. Sanu, he was once. Um, Islam, Muslim, mm-hmm. and something else. 
Mm. And he teaches our mission classes. And what I love about him teaching our classes that he says, he poses the question all the time. Um, and he says, um, God, why do we think that our religion is the only one that's right? Now, God has left pieces of himself everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you watch how the answer behaves, you can see that God was left. God left organization in the ants because you can see they're super organized yeah, animals. They're like, yeah. You know, God has left himself, pieces of himself, for me, what I understand it to be, in the Buddhist faith. Now, they may have taken other things and added to it that kind of changes the picture, but God still left remnants of himself in that faith. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are going to be people who are Buddhist who they lived according to the light that they knew. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, they'll be saved because the God was still in the midst of that faith. Mm. And so I think that even though we may travel different paths, God understands the path that we're on. And therefore, judgment when it comes to us is going to be individually based. We're not saved as a as a Buddhist faith, a Muslim faith, Adventist faith, a Catholic. We're not going to be, this doesn't go like, this is why it comes back to relationship. That's why I'm like, I'm very quick to correct you because mm-hmm. I may be seven-day Adventist by upbringing, mm-hmm. but my re, my faith and my relationship with Jesus is what's making me the woman I am. It's what's making me be able to even have this conversation on this podcast and explain it to you the way I'm explaining it because yeah. of the things that God has shown me in my life mm-hmm. and in my time of studying with him. So I won't sit out here and judge anybody here because that's not my position or place. Right. He's the ultimate judge. So therefore, what I'm asked to do as a human being is to love you even if I don't agree with you. Love you even when you disrespect me. Love you even when you're, when you're seeking to kill me. I'm still to choose to love you. In the Bible, Stephen, in Acts chapter 1 or chapter 2, um, something between chapter at one, at the, Acts 1 to 3, Stephen was a follower of Jesus Christ. He spoke against the Jews and they sought to kill him. And even when they were pelting stones at him and he was going to die, God opened up heaven. He was able to see Jesus and die. And while he was dying, he was praying for the people who were killing him. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in, in the, the medieval times, yeah. you know, with the persecution. Like, God, all he asks us to do is love. And so that's what we need to do is just love. We, we're not supposed to determine who's supposed to get love from who's not supposed to get love. He simply asks us to love. That's all he asks. Be in a relationship with me, mm-hmm. and I will teach you how to love. Jesus is the, like... The most perfect example, which is why the Bible is clear that there's no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. It's Jesus. Because in Jesus, he completed and solved so many problems for us. But a lot of us don't take the time to get to know him, to see that that's what he's actually done. Mm -hmm. And in my 41 years on planet Earth, Mm -hmm. I have come to recognize and I still have questions sometimes. But I have come to understand that, yo... All my answers is found in that man named Jesus. So, like, I don't care what, what anybody else believe about him, but with my relationship in him and the understanding that I have him, I'm going to hold to him because I'd much rather hold to him and the world condemn me and die and then go to heaven later and find out that I was right than to reject him and follow what the world says. And then when he comes out of cracking the clouds of heaven, I'm dying with the... Mm-mm. I much rather choose to hold and cling to him mm-hmm. and know that he has the person he's the person that can choose to save or destroy me. Mm. The ultimate savior. Yep. Wow. 
makes sense yeah because it's it's okay so it's like a it's like a it's like a it's like a thing with like individuals society is becoming uh, like real like individualistic um, society lacks relationship Society lacks relationship. Can you, if you are, if you're in the eyes of God, looked at as an individual? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Okay, so that's like a, that's like a, that's like a. Society lacks relationship. No, notice with society, when we're having our regular day-to-day day, mm-hmm. we don't really care too much about each other. Yeah. Let something traumatic happen, and all in a sudden, everybody unites together to support. Yeah. But only when trauma happens. We had shootings a couple of weeks ago. You ha- you saw whole towns come and show up at people funeral to support like that elderly man who's like, I don't know if anybody gonna come to my funeral, my wife's funeral, because we didn't really have people around the corner just to come and give him support. Yeah. Trauma seems to cause us to have relationship on for some strange reason. But then when the when the, the, the effect of the trauma is done, mm-hmm. we all go back to our regular lives. We don't relate. Everybody is so focused on social media and having all these likes. Mm-hmm. But if you see the research we're showing now, there is so much disconnection in the world because people are faking... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have the greatest life. In reality, they don't have connection. Connection is like me and you sitting in this car and having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or me and you and some friends going sitting down at a restaurant discussing or going out. To- relationship is what saves us. Relationship, even Pastor Edmonds talked about it this week in his sermon. Relation- science- scientific research has proven from Stanford University that relationship can help break addiction. Really? Um, from an experiment called the Rat Pack Experience. Experiment. Oh, Rat Pack Experience. Okay, I've only heard of it, but like, okay, yes, like, uh, because oh, it's like, it's like, it's like. Basically, being, what they did is they put they had two things of water. They put a rat in the box by itself. Had okay. two things of water. One water was tainted with cocaine, and one water was plain. Mm-hmm. The rat ate the ate tried the first water, went to the second water, and had be- and just kept on using the cocaine water until it became addicted to it. Yeah. Okay. Then they took that rat and put it into another box with a whole bunch of other rats. They still had the two waters. They had the regular water and the cocaine water. But in that other box, they had a, like, you know, different mice rides, you know, mm-hmm. other mices. Blah, blah, blah. What the research ended up showing in that rat pack experiment is that originally when, when the rats first came in, they were addicted to the cocaine water. Mm-hmm. And only wanted the cocaine water. But when they started to see that there were so many other rats in the in the box, they left the cocaine water all together. Only the newbies that were introduced into the box went to the cocaine water. Mm-hmm. But the moment 
um, that they re realized that they had connected it with the rest of the mice in the, the rat pack, they never used the cocaine water again. That's essentially what the experiment showed. So addictions, strongholds, issues are not... Literally, if we would just connect as people and be willing to connect as people and be vulnerable sometimes and be willing to sit, in a sit with a person in their struggle and just continually show love. That's what I keep on saying. God just asks humanity to trust him when it comes to relationship with him and to love others. That's, if you wanted to sum up the Bible, that's how I would sum it. Trust God and love others the way God has loved you. If we would just simply do that, half the problems in planet Earth would go, if not all of it. And I would dare say all of it. But we're too me-focused. And that's what the adversary wants us to be. Because if I'm me-focused, I'm not going to give a rat's ass about you. If, you. if you fall down the street, okay. That's like the experience that they'll put where they'll have a homeless person I've seen it before. Somebody had a rich person drop on the ground and everybody went to go help the businessman up off the ground. That same person just as a homeless person dropped on the ground and everybody just kept walking by. Relationship. Because whether you're the rich person or the homeless stinky person, mm -hmm. you're still supposed to care. Yeah, you're still a person, yeah. Mm -hmm. It still goes back to love. God asks that we trust him grow in a deeper relationship with him and in that deep relationship with him he will show us how to love others and in us loving others we will then reveal his love that he showed to us to other people it's a simple equation a lot of us don't want to take the time to do it because we don't want to sacrifice we don't want to give up our time we don't want to give up our finances but if we do that, we will better the whole society at large. I agree. Um, it's like I usually have I usually have questions, but like, uh, yeah, my mind is just like so blown because it's so blown because. Um, It's, it's like, uh, so like I'm like a scientist, like too, and uh, it's always interesting to, well now it's like, now it's like relationship, to take like relationship and just like science and then see like where they uh, interact, mm -hmm. like where they converge. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of crazy how social media's uh, like uh, point, like mission, was to connect people. But now we're so. But now it's actually like driven us apart. Mm -hmm. So now that makes me uh, like question: like, was is the is is the social media the devil or like a, like a like a pawn used by like the devil to uh separate us yeah to separate us yeah i've asked that question many times i have not come to the answer so i cannot give you a conclusive one yet but i can see the i can see the potentiality of it because the devil knows that the adversary knows that if he could separate us think about it how can you win how can you win a nation and land divide and conquer divide and conquer 
just is really simple. Yeah. And so how how did he, how is he how is he working to do that? We we say we're connected on social media because we have all these likes and all these friends mm-hmm. to the point that some people get to the, the maximum amount of friends that they have, yeah. but nobody's connected, and everybody has these fake pictures. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, well, look at... Uh, uh. We're disconnected. Some people may try to use it authentically for connection, but mm-hmm. the reality is it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We're disconnected because we all fake in the front to, to up one on somebody else's... Like, it... So, like, I can see that possibility, that potential, because I can see the disconnect, which is why I won't let my kids get any of those, you know, social medias. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know how I'm going to navigate it as they get older and they have friends. Right. But I, my biggest thing, you know, my son always says, Mommy, you're always doing school, you're always doing school. Part of me can't wait to get out of school. Right. You know, because I, I want to build a relationship, but I can't even say I have to wait to get out of school because I'm going to, it's going to be a while before I finish school because I have so many more degrees I have to go get. Right. But so what I'm trying to learn is turning how to be intentional in forming relationships. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you become intentional? Because like now we're branching into like the relationships and I'm really, I'm really getting into like game theory and just like the reason, like, like the reason why like people like, uh, basically like just hit you up because you will get, you'll get a text, uh, and it's even more interesting now that like I'm older because like when you're younger, like you see your friends almost every day. This could just like do like school, do like social activities that you do, things of that nature, right? But now that you're older, you you're you're in your own silo, you're in your own like life working, mm-hmm. and then you may only think about like a friend when like something happens, you see something funny, you may like shoot them like a text, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like as you're getting older, how do you form intentional relationships that or can you form intentional relationships that are uh healthy healthy yes more like unconditional you have to make a decision to be present okay you have to make a decision present in the moment present in your life choose to reach out how do you form relationships hi my name is how, what's your name? What do you like to do? Be intentional in, in, in trying to go out. You can't make go, every day going out, going out. But if you mm-hmm. can make a pattern of it, like, I hang out with these group of people, like, once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. That intentionality builds builds a relationship. If you're, if you're intentional in trying to connect, then you build that relationship slowly. And over time... You know, you will begin to see and navigate, well, is this friendship for me? Is this friendship not for me? Is this healthy for me? If it's not healthy for me, you'll get to see all those things in the midst of their interactions. Because if you have a friend that you call the person a friend and you interact with, but every time you leave them, you feel drained, then you have to reevaluate that friendship. Yeah. Because something about that person is, is depleting you and taking you into a place that you can't function. Yeah, you got, and I've been through that recently where I have to question, I'm like, I, by the time I get back to school, I have to tell a friend, like, yeah, we can't be friends because you deplete me. And if the a friendship is supposed to build you up, mm-hmm. not tear you apart, not mm-hmm. pull you down. And when you see that your friends are beginning to tear you apart, then you got to question if this friendship is healthy. If you want to try to maintain the friendship, you can, like, have a conversation. But if they're still depleting you after you, you know, you give them space and time to kind of... Because a person has a choice. Either they can choose to be a friend or they choose not to be a friend. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. And if you talking to them and they still choosing to be like, whatever, then you have a decision to make. 
do I stay your friend or not? And if they're not bringing, and it's not about using a person, but if they're not bringing life or not uplifting your life, yeah, then you gotta kind of decide. Maybe we need to part ways now. Cause you're, cause you, then you're falling into like uh, being, being like. Or like loving the loving like the past, like loving mm-hmm. like the like the memories that you had, not necessarily like the present. Mm-hmm. And That's yeah, a- like you like how you were saying, like people like grow in like uh, separate ways, and just like they're like. On, it don't like, mean the same that time. you it don't mean that you hate them. It's just yeah. you guys have grown separate. Like you're going to be different people, so it's okay. Wish them well. Wish them good for their life, and move on. There's nothing wrong with that. It's harder to do. It's easy to say, harder to yeah, do. Yeah, But we're going to have to wrap up now because my friends, I'm sure they're looking okay. like, this chick like has this? been here for a while and she ain't got this car. <laughs> but definitely hit up on Instagram. Okay. It's Myron Live. He's the pastor for Grace Community Church. Okay. Or you can hit up Live with Gina. She's also the administrative pastor for um, Grace Community Church. And definitely come and visit um, the church and meet Pastor Edmonds. I was looking to see if he's here yet, but he's not. Um, but definitely hit him up. He loved doing community work. At Bluestone, right? Yeah, Bluestone. Okay. And they have Sabbath every. They have church every Sabbath. Eleven fifteen is is their lesson study. Twelve thirty okay. church starts. Um, if you decide that you want to power off your Uber <laughs> and come sit down for an hour and listen to this man speak. You will see the power that's in him, but that leave that up to you and the spirit. Um, because church is going to start in the next 30 minutes. Yeah, true. So, um, yeah. You just might hear a word. You might learn something. But like, yo, this man's smart. <laughs> so, I invite you to come out to Grace Community because I may not live in this state, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that in a year's time, I'm going to come back. Okay. What's, what, did you even say, I don't even think you ever said that. What, like, how was, like, the move? Cause you said you like used to live here. And then no, I didn't live here. Oh, you didn't. I didn't live here. here. I just came here literally for oh, this for event. Oh, for literally just for the event. Yes. Okay. I've been here for three weeks. This is today's my leave. I leave later on this afternoon. Oh wow, yeah. And go back to the state that I live in. Okay. And then um, awesome. hopefully I'll be back in a year's time. We'll see what God decide, decides. Okay. All right. That's awesome. So, that's yeah. it. Grace yeah. Community Church. Grace on, Community Church on Facebook. Yeah. And um. Let me get it. It's Myron Live on Instagram and Live with Gina on Instagram. Those are the pastors for the church. Myron Live and Live with Gina on Instagram. Live with Gina on Instagram and it's Myron Live. And it's Myron Live. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yo, thanks for listening to Pax Unheard. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pax Unheard. Take care.